welcome to this edition of the HR Grapevine Podcast. My name is Eric Niewerowski. And for this week, we're going to take the podcast in a different direction than we usually go in. With February being LGBT History Month in the UK, we thought it necessary and appropriate to talk about the progression of LGBTQ plus rights and inclusivity in the workplace. There's been lots of data and statistics regarding queer colleagues in the workplace, and nearly half of LGBT employees haven't come out at work yet as they are afraid of what the impacts could be on their career and also their personal lives. So with that, I'd like to share a conversation I recently had with Tom Fines. He is the Commercial Sustainability Director at Britvic Beverages, and he is also the chairperson for the company's Be Proud Network which is an employee-led network for LGBTQ plus colleagues. Now, Tom established the network in 2016, and this was around one year after he came out at work. Tom came out later in life. And I found this conversation to be very enlightening, inspiring, and relatable, as I have also come out as a queer person later in life. So Tom and I talk about why he established the network, We talk about the progression of LGBTQ plus equality in the workplace, why having an inclusive workforce is good for business and what else needs to be done to ensure that LGBTQ plus colleagues can be their true selves at work. Honestly, it was a very enlightening and inspiring conversation that I had with Tom and I'm really excited to share it. So without further ado, here is my chat with Tom. My name is Tom Fines. I am uh, the GB Commercial Sustainability Director at Britvic Soft Drinks, but I'm also the chairperson for our Be Proud Network, which is an, an employee network that represents the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, and we have been around, or, or I actually set up the network back in, it was 2000 and. 16-ish, I believe, um, which was actually probably about a year after I came out, because uh, I came out very late, late in life. Great. Well, um, I'm excited to talk to you as I'm also someone who came out later in life as well. I'm about like about like eight months into my journey through all of that, and it's been an, an incredibly liberating and uh, uh, amazing experience for myself. Um, So I think it's great. And that's why I kind of wanted to kind of jump on this podcast idea really, really quickly. Right. So I'm just going to get into it right now. This might be a loaded question, but where are we in the timeline of progression for LGBTQ equality in the workplace? Great question. I think it's going to be different for anyone that you ask, whether they're queer or not. The, the opinions on this vary. But across the UK, there has been huge advances in advances in legislation, uh, equality such as paternal leave and gender identity and so on. But there's still a massive inequality globally. And I think that's, that's largely recognised uh, by most people. And you only have to turn on the news to see that. That being said, the main advantages in LGBT plus equality in the UK is focused in larger, more forward-thinking companies, especially those that are resource-rich. So in other words, they have the time and the money uh, to put towards those initiatives. I think we're now at a time where these practices are shifting down into smaller, more resource-constrained companies. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it uh, takes off uh, and how those initiatives are adopted uh, as more mainstream I think as we progress, we'll also see increased pushback against uh, acceptance. And I think we've seen that. 
uh, often positioned as a bit of anti-woke, uh, I think is a terminology that seems to, to come out quite a lot. So there's a little bit of a feeling of two steps forward, one step back. I think the more progress we see taking place, sometimes you, you get more and more pushback. Um, but I think we're also in a really interesting place when it comes to the really younger generations. Uh, I have three children myself, uh, and uh, so it's really interesting to get the feedback from them as to what they're seeing and hearing in schools and universities, uh, where actually there's, there's much less concern over some of this subject matter. So as they come through the workplace, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that starts to change and how companies have to change and adapt in order to make sure they're, they're much more uh, accepting and understanding uh, of those expectations. Great. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, uh, definitely. I know I've been inspired by the younger generation as well um, as they get older and just really being um, more comfortable with their queerness and announcing it and, and, and being out more so. If, if I had that confidence when I was in my 20s, uh, who knows where I would have ended up, right? Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, I, I work with a lot of people when it comes to coming out and, and that that process and that journey. Um, and I am always struck by how how people of my generation, I would like to say our generation, Eric, but I'm sure you're a lot younger than I am, but um, uh, how, how scarred and damaged they can be from some of the experiences they had when they were younger. And I'm seeing young people come through now uh, who don't share those same scars and sometimes find it difficult to understand them in older generations as well. So it's very exciting. Right. I, I would say we're probably in the same generation. I am. I, I, I just turned 40, uh, but I do use eye cream under my eyes. So I'm just trying to, you know, not, you know, look like my dad at 40. <laughs> I've got a good 10 years on you, Eric. So that's very kind. All right. Great. Um, so how has the agenda changed and evolved in the last six years since you started the Be Proud Network? It, it, it's, I think it's changed quite significantly. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not sure the agenda has changed as such, but the progress against that agenda has changed significantly. So, what was interesting about when I came out um, at Britpick was uh, there, there was no DNI agenda, and therefore there was no LGBTQ plus network, um, and therefore there was no visibility within the business of people that identified in the same way. That's really, really scary. So not having that visibility uh, and, and therefore that feeling of acceptance means that you can turn up to work uh, and put that super suit of armor on uh, and almost turn up and be someone really different. And from my perspective, that's really interesting because as I identified historically as a straight man, married, three children, you know, absolutely classic sort of um, um, position in that workforce and, and expectations from everyone else. How that's managed to change since uh, creating that network, and we have we have an allies network, so we have uh, hundreds of ally lanyards, such as the one that I'm wearing today, that is visible within uh, the company. We have posters up. We have um, so many different resources and uh, and visual cues to acceptability within the workplace that it's actually changed the culture of of, of the business and. That's happened from a network employee group, not from the top down. It's very much supported from the top down, but it's the actual employees that have driven that change. Um, and I think the biggest litmus test of that is that people come and talk to me as the chairperson of the network to describe, especially people that perhaps have left the business and come back, and they talk about that difference in culture and that ability to show up and be themselves. And that really underpins everything we're trying to do, which is all about bringing your true self to work. 
Um, so we've got the Be Proud network. We have three other networks. They all start with B, but the overarching banner is about be yourself um, because that's where you get the best sales of people in the workplace. That's that's the biggest change that we've seen in the business. Is, and, and I definitely felt it. I, I am a different person now and how I show up to the office than I ever was before. And the unlock for me has been outstanding. In fact, I'm I'm in my role now as a, a leader within the business, as a director, only since I came out because I showed up much more authentically um, and that's been recognised and therefore can be can be trusted by the people that I'm working with uh, so much more than who I was previously. That's great. So so why did you start the Be Proud Network? Is it is it because there just wasn't any visibility within within the workplace? Um, what were the reasons behind starting it? Well, a couple of reasons. The first was uh, I had I had come out. Firstly, I'd come out to my my wife, my children, and my friends and family uh, a year before I came out at work. Mm-hmm. So that's how scared I was about coming out at work because I had an association that if I came out at work, then there would be an impact on my career. It turns out I was right. I was just wrong about the impact, which way it was going to go, which trajectory, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's the first thing, and then. The, so when I actually came out at work, I was uh, creating meetings with individuals who I felt I could trust, going into meeting rooms on one-on-one and sharing my, my truth with them in the hope that I could get, uh, A, some support, but B, um, that it would be uh, held in confidence uh, for the time being. Um, that then coupled up from a timing's point of view with the second thing that happened, which was BritVic launching their diversity and inclusion agenda within uh-huh. the business. Um, and I actually... I, I just came to the conclusion that the best way to be able to come out to the rest of the business instead of doing this individual coming out was to to do it big style. Um, and so I, I applied to be part of the DNI focus group. Um, and in doing so, I had to give my reasons why. And that's where I, I came out in writing, uh, which essentially was then seen by the exec and senior people within the business. So right. it was quite a good way of doing it, um, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we write a lot on HR Grapevine and some of our other news verticals about really, uh, a lot of the statistics around, um, LGBT people coming out in the workplace. Uh, I I would say in some estimates up to 40% still have not come out and they don't feel like their true self at work. So it sounds like while there has been progression made and we're somewhere on that timeline, there's still a lot more that can be done and should be done. So what are those? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually have a very real example of that as well because my uh, my fiance, because uh, I'm getting married this year. Congratulations. Um, times have changed. Yeah. Um, but my, my, my fiance is, is uh, um, a little bit younger than I am. But when going into the workplace actually was his first experience of going back into the closet. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that was almost driven by... A, a, a cultural feeling that it wasn't the same thing to, to 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 be out of the workplace. So, what else needs to be done? I mean, gosh, there's, there's so much. But um, I think over and above anything else, I think that queer behaviour uh, and culture needs to be celebrated and actively and visibly celebrated in in, in, in the businesses. Um, I kind of touched on this earlier, but there are still loads of people that have grown up believing that in one way, shape or form, that being able to act straight or pass, as it's called within uh, the LGBTQ community, is the best thing for both themselves and for them at work, so both personal life and for them at work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think we need to challenge that behaviour uh, where we see it and celebrate that, that queer people, um, not just as queer, uh, whether they're queer or not, but for every part of themselves that might be associated with that, whether it's femme, butch, passing, cis or not. And actually, the same applies for any other network group, whether it's gender equality, whether it's um, a, a race within, within business um, or, or diverse abilities. It, it, if you're celebrating diversity and inclusion, it goes across the board. So we, we need to help people feel less self-conscious, break down those mental barriers. Um, they have to truly be the best version of themselves because, after all, that's where we become truly valuable as employees as well. I think what's more, I think trans rights. So we talk about LGBT and then we have the Q, uh, sorry, the T and then the Q as well. Um, but trans rights, uh, they're not where they need to be. And there seems to be quite a lot of fear about this, uh, for, especially within the cis straight community which still confuses me because the percentages here are, are really quite small, that they're not at all uh, threatening, I wouldn't have thought. And yet we do get quite a, we see quite a bit of pushback on them as well. So companies can do a lot more to be inclusive. So gender-neutral gender toilets are an example, gender-neutral gender terminology, like using high folks instead of high guys, which even I'm still training myself to do. Right. Um, because it's a bit of a cultural behavioural change you need to do. Um, so, so that can absolutely be done. But as one trans person put it, companies can help by hiring trans people. Um, and I think, you know, that actual visual representation and seeing people and working with people and getting to know and understanding uh, trans people um, is really, really valuable. And there's a clear way in which businesses can help. And then finally, uh, and this applies to me as it will do to, to you, I'm sure, Eric, but we need to educate ourselves. And I'm constantly educating myself. Um, we've already discussed, I was pretty late to the party, uh, as, as are you. Yes, um, and so to try to understand trans culture is another level of education and understanding where perhaps we don't identify, I mean, making assumptions, but perhaps we don't identify as that ourselves. But what I do know is that everyone has the right to be who they are. And the more we can support that and celebrate that, the more those people will feel welcome as well. Uh, so I don't see it as threatening at all. I absolutely would love to embrace it because it just breeds tolerance. It breeds acceptance uh, and it breeds it breeds people bringing their true self to the work and being the best that they can be. Right. And with people being uh, having that safe environment and feeling comfortable enough to be their true selves at work, really the bottom line the benefit for the business is a more successful business. Regardless, if you are, you know, uh, a retail outlet or a beverage outlet or a distributor or anything, if you have people being their true selves at work, then that 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 opens up the creativity and the productivity amongst everyone, and everyone wins. And if it's one thing that I've learned in the last ooh, eight eight months, um, uh, for me, is that the queer community is not a monolith. You know, it's not just a one size fits all approach to the queer community. And I think um, certainly businesses as a whole and HR teams do need to, to acknowledge that. Because like you said, there's a lot of difference between the G, the B, and the T, right? So. hundred percent. And, and you know, the, there are so many pieces of research that go to prove that the more diverse your workforce, the more diverse the thinking that, that, that they approach and, and really importantly most companies out there have got customer base so if you're if your employee setup or your, your your breadth of employees your diversity of employees is reflecting society reflecting your customer base then of course you're going to have much better thinking in terms of the solutions or the products that you're selling to those people and they're going to be accepted 
by those consumers as well, much much more. So it's, it's kind of win-win. There's a bit there's a bit of why wouldn't you? And I, I don't get yeah. why why companies wouldn't be going down this road uh, faster and more furiously. So so it sounds like there's a whole lot more than just you know changing the company branding to the pride flag uh, or you know over the month of June, right? There there needs to be some actual investment from leadership uh, all the way down. Yeah, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. It's an all year round um, thing. I mean, I have talked about celebration already as well, so it's mm-hmm. important to have flags as well because the visual cues to your employees are yeah. are, are very visceral. But I, yeah, no, it's it's all year round. It's all the time, and you can't have people coming into work and feeling great about themselves for one month of the year. That's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be the whole time. Right. Um, so the last question for you today, you know, it, it is uh, we're, we're speaking today because it is LGBTQ History Month. Um, there's been a lot of work done, you know, generations ahead of us to, to even have this on the diversity and inclusion map. A lot of pioneers, and a lot of activism with you starting this in 2016. Do you ever feel like you are a pioneer or an activist? How do you feel knowing that, you know, 10, 15 years down the line when you're long, you know, like when you're past, hopefully in like retirement somewhere nice, um, that, that, you know, that the Be Proud Network is still going on and, and, and you created that? How, how does that validate you? I think I got into doing this for purely selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt that because I was at the beginning of my journey of coming out of work, I felt underrepresented and I felt perhaps slightly uncomfortable in that space. I wanted to do something for me. Uh, and, and I know that sounds selfish. I think the fact that it has a knock-on effect of helping others uh, is, is amazing. And, and I mean, I've, I've been chairing this network since it started. Uh, and uh, you know, I've, I've tried on many occasions to hand it over to other people, to give other people the opportunity to be able right. to do it. But, but uh, alas, I'm, I'm still <laughs> doing a huge amount of work in this space. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the people that I meet for it. I don't think I ever started it for legacy, mm-hmm. but I think over time I've realized the impact that it can have and will have on future generations. Interestingly, again, talking about my kids and, and they know what I do and, and what I'm trying to do. They don't always understand it because they're younger and they don't see the same challenges in the workspace, for example, that I may have witnessed. And I really hope they don't and they won't. But I think that's always at the back of my mind now in terms of uh, laying the path for for futures. But I've never considered myself a pioneer. uh, And largely because there have been so many pioneers before me that have been so brave uh, and really stood up in the face of adversity that that I find myself being slightly conceited. I thought if I thought I was, um, I'd rather be open and honest about that than than pretend I'm. But yes. If it ends up leaving a legacy, then absolutely all the better. Uh, and I, th- I think it, I think it is by definition because of the way that we're changing the business to, to help make it more inclusive and more inviting for uh, a much broader, diverse audience. Which means, in turn, we'll be attracting the right talent. Which means, in turn, we'll be gaining the right levels of performance, and then it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Well, once again, I'd just like to thank Tom for joining me today and sharing his insights and all of the work he has done to further the LGBTQ agenda. Again, like I said before, I found this to be a very enlightening and inspiring conversation for myself. And I hope for everyone listening, they found some key takeaways as well. So once again, thank you to Tom. Thank you to all of you for listening and looking forward to our next HR Grapevine podcast. 